0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar C Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 436, and today we'll be talking about any sport in a storm from the Owl House. I'm GC13. I'm Sorin. And I'm David. So, I think the most important thing we all learned from this episode was that Tenella Nosa had a name the entire time. <laughs> Such a late reveal.
1: Yes, that was really fun. Like, finally dropped her name. Did they have, like, a placeholder name for her... In, like, the credits. Wasn't it just Nose Girl? I think so. I think I remember it just being Nose Girl. (laughs) Which is really funny, because this is, like, Dana Terrace's little gremlin that she makes for herself. Like, if you see her draw comics about herself, there's a very striking resemblance to Tonella Noza.
0: Just checking, she she didn't get a credit in the first episode. Dana Terrace only got an additional voices credits, so they might have hidden
1: this one from us. She's in other episodes too. Like, I think in the first one.
0: Yeah, that was the one I checked.
1: Yes, in, in the first one, probably not, but I think in later episodes I did see her credited as, like, Nose Girl.
0: Okay. But, I don't know. I just want to give a really quick synopsis for this episode.
1: Yes. Bellus entrusts
0: Hunter with uh, running a coven meeting because he's busy, tells him to consider it a test. So Hunter goes down all ready to run the meeting of the coven heads only for them to completely blow him off, and Darius tell him, ugh, oh, you want to prove yourself so much? Go get some recruits. So he infiltrates Hexside, gets recruited to Willow's Flyer Derby team, and has quite a good match against uh, Professor Hermunculus and the traitor Jerbo, and the, the less important rest of his team. Uh, forcibly recruits them all into the coven. Uh, Scara punches poor Steve, who is nursing his wound with an ice pack, Ice pack for Steve. (laughs) Darius shows up. He was going to take them to Hexide, but Hunter doesn't know that. He decides to rescue them because, well, he uh, starts regretting his life choices. And uh, Darius, finally happy that Hunter is something more than just a bootlicker doing exactly what he's told, (laughs) fixes up Hunter's cape, gives him a scroll, and says, uh, start making friends with people your own age. You're 16 for crying out loud.
1: Yes, very, very sweet. And we did get, like, a rough age for how old Hunter is. But this episode was also, like, very good on its little snapshots. Lots of moments to, like, pause and take a closer look. Uh, they had one with um the Abomination Professor and Bump <laughs> playing Flyer Derby in there.
0: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Hermunculus is the champion and Bump is the guy who's also there.
1: Yes. Uh we do get to see young Bump with his big flowing hair. He is not happy about playing Flyer Derby.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's just not happy that Hermunculus is so much better than him.
1: Or the team captain. I wouldn't be happy about that yeah, either.
0: True. Hey, Hermunculus is a man of his word. He he says he'd let her have the team if she won, and she did not have to do anything to hold him that. He comes up and he's like, So what's your team name then?
1: Yes. Um we also got a really cute uh, the photo that they all took, the yes. emerald entrails with Hunter's little face, one of the very few, like, genuine smiles oh, yeah. that you see him have. And then also we found Darius, who he follows on Pensagram. He follows Rain. He follows Lily. Chilly Lily. And he follows Alador.
0: <laughs> I don't think he follows Alador.
1: I think that just ended up in his feed. Maybe. Maybe it's like real-life Instagram, where it just doesn't give you the content you signed up for. It gives you a bunch of extra crap.
0: Who's the heck now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so his his username is alabomdor underscore one. Which, is that a reference to something, or was Alador taken? Hmm.
2: That is a very good question. It's pretty bad when you have to do an underscore one on your, you know, handle. <laughs> got say. It's a little embarrassing for someone who's all about dignity and style. Oh, what if... Okay, deep lore time. What if he had
0: an account before, you know... Let's just say everything's been the same. They've had this for a really long time. Maybe he had one before he married Adalia, and for branding purposes, she made him ditch the old account and get a new one. Let's just ignore the fact that this tech in our world
1: is very new. Uh... I mean, the internet is 50 years old, so maybe he was on, like, some of the really old forums. Because they would be in their 40s.
0: Yeah, so he could have been on uh, whatever the Boiling Isles equivalent of Usenet was.
1: Yeah, people, people in their 40s were on the internet in, like, high school and afterwards. Yeah, they got, like, MySpace and stuff was hitting up right when they were young adults in college. So like, they'd be on the internet, he would have a a different handle.
0: So um, I I realized that I forgot to summarize the B plot, because there's not much to summarize. Uh, Luz and Amity are starting an Azura book club at school. Uh, Amity shows up and says, oh, hey, the author of Azura is having a book signing. They both freak out because wait, is she a witch? Is she a human? They both go. Turns out the book signing was canceled, but they chase her back. To her lair, turns out it was Tanella Nosa playing a part for Tibbles the entire time.
2: Metholmule is their artist. Yeah, that was... (laughs) Yeah, I love how they tried to play that up. Twist after twist, because like, oh, it's Nose Girl. Oh, no, it's Pig Guy. (laughs) Oh, actually, the real story is the stories we tell along the way. That's what, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and
1: also, never... um... Never dismiss the possibility that you are getting scammed. Never trust somebody who wants your money. That's good life advice.
0: If I'm sharing an island with Tibbles, I'm looking over my shoulder every second of every day.
1: Oh, I'm making bacon for breakfast, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh,
0: you gonna get with Jake, make some of those bacon pancakes?
1: Yeah, we'd have to (laughs) hope we have some pancake mix that we brought with us. Because I don't know about making pancake mix from scratch on a deserted island.
0: Eh, we'll see, we'll see. We'll see what washes up on the shore. The box may get wrecked, but the bag is made of plastic, so.
1: I wouldn't put it above loose to make a joke about cooking him for dinner. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like something she would say when she was upset. Yeah, it's like, we're having BLTs next! BLTs for lunch, piggy boy. Something like that. Damn, I piggy so- boy! Something demon racist.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does sound demon racist.
1: Yikes. Are there regular pigs on the Boiling Isles? Does that help? Well, no, because then they don't know that it's racist.
0: Why does uh, everything in the Owl House always make me think of Wolf's Stride? There's a time, there-, there are some characters who are like anthropomorphic pigs. And they're like, oh, man, you know, I really want to eat some bacon. And someone's like, oh, dude, that's cannibalism. And he's like, hey, man, I ain't a real pig.
2: (laughs) Right, there's just also a race of normal, non-sentient pigs.
1: Furries do not, like, keep up with the diet of whatever animal is their fursona. Like, people with lion fursonas will, like, be eating ramen or something. Well, gazelle (laughs) is probably really hard for them to get to. (laughs) Furries love to draw themselves eating ramen and... Drinking boba.
0: Okay. I thought that was just pandas. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, Wee Bear Bears joke. Actually, all three of the bears like boba.
1: Do you think Wee Bear Bears wasn't written by furries? You think <laughs> um, there's not a significant majority of furries Korean. in the Wee Bear Bears <laughs> crew?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there's maybe not a lot to say about Hunter. Because he's behaving in ways that make sense. But, you know, this is an empathetic lens. We we get a little bit more on understanding basically how his sheltering and his abuse have affected his worldview in, you know, kind of a sweet way. Because it's, you know, with other kids and it's nice to see him, uh, like, actually make friendships. And it's funny to hear him, you know, reference... How classic it is to test people by throwing them on top of a mountain and see if he comes down alive.
1: It's kind of sad that, like, people don't look at this kid, right? They're like, oh, this is a teenager, and he's looks rough, right? He's got the big old scar on his face, <laughs> the tooth gap, the chunk missing out of his ear. Yeah. And you don't look at him, and you're like, when you're ready to seek help, read this. And, like, hand him a brochure about, like, leaving <laughs> abusive households or something like that everyone's just like well he's a little twerp so we don't care about him uh but he's just obviously the golden like, twerp people really hated him when this episode came out i remember like the fandom. really this episode made not this episode on. i mean like okay around Before this, this time in the show and after this episode came out the consensus on hunter is that they did not like him i heard from a lot of people that they did not like him at all that is harsh judgment David, when you were talking about
0: when you were talking about uh, how his worldview has been uh, altered by his upbringing, I, I immediately thought, "The oh, of course, friends treat each other like this. The coven heads backstab each other like this all the time."
1: <laughs> Which I don't doubt for a second.
0: He thinks it is completely normal. I mean, if I were in an organization with Tara and whatever the heck that scary healing coven lady was like. Oh yeah, you better believe I'd be a political backstabber or I'd be dead.
1: Yeah. I always liked him. I liked him more because he was just funny and cringe. Yes! You know when a character is just kind of like sad and pathetic and you want to just put them in a little cat carrier and, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) take them to get seen by the doctor or something?
2: He's just extremely not evil feeling. Like, if anyone could follow orders and not feel evil, it's it's this kid.
1: Yeah, right? Like, I want to take him to get his vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel like Hunter was, like,
0: purpose-written so that teenagers could write, like, fanfics where they heal his soul through the power of love.
1: Yeah, they that definitely feels like the character they were trying to create. Because, like, to be fair, like,
0: because this is clearly a character who has never experienced actual love in his
1: entire life. Yeah, very, like, very manipulative love. Like, I'm being nice to you to get something from you.
0: Come to think of it, Amity was a very similar way. And then she met Luz.
1: Yeah, she and Hunter have, like, their moments. Amity kind of lived that fanfic. Yeah, I mean, they connect in Eclipse Lake over that exact same thing. Yep,
0: they they understand each other quite well.
1: Yeah, shame he betrayed them at the end. <laughs> shame about that. Yeah, no, it's like, it's kind of, a lot of people compare him to Zuko, and I do definitely see the parallels.
2: Hmm. The and awkwardness. it's just like him.
1: Yes. Be, yeah, the awkwardness, the tough guy, the scar. But
2: the, he's so much more innocent. Zuko was so much more committed to doing evil acts.
0: Yeah, Zuko knew he was evil. He he had no illusions that he was
1: the bad guy. Well, no, in the in the whole second season was him like, oh, are we the bad guys sort of situation. And it, it was the same thing where, like, giving him opportunities to switch to the good side, but he wasn't ready for them yet. And so he continued to make the wrong decisions until he really had that, like, self-reflection, that, like, moment at his lowest or whatever. Zuko has them multiple times.
0: I, s- I still think he was always primed for it, because remember, the whole reason he was scarred and banished was it because he's like, um, cannon fodder in my Fire Nation?
1: Uh Shortly you jest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, people thought that Hunter wasn't going to be redeemed or whatever, and I'm just like, what do you- who? Like, look at him. Look at who him! Who watched me- <laughs> Hunting
0: Talisman and thought that Hunter was going to stay a
1: bad guy? Show me one of these people. Yeah, no, Hunter is- He's like a little feral cat that you need to just give a bath and give his vaccines to. May or may not get neutered, and then he already has the clip in his ear. So <laughs> there you go. He just needs some TLC. It's tough in the back alleys for a cat. It is, especially when you're a, pawn a magicless of witch, a horrible dictator. Yes, and so witch.
0: speaking of speaking of golden guards, Darius's mentor was a golden guard, which. Was there an implication that the Golden Guards were always uh, Caleb Grimwalkers? Or was the could the Golden Guard be somebody else? Because Darius said the Golden Guard he knew
1: had magic. Maybe he'd, like, perfected the artificial magic that Bellus uses? Hmm. That's what I assumed.
0: Yeah, I guess you could pass off your use of the artificial staff as saying, Oh, no, no, this isn't artificial. I'm just a master of a magic you're no good at.
1: Yeah. that's That's kind of what I got from that. And yeah, it is interesting, like, I wonder if Darius thinks that Hunter is the son of the predecessor, because obviously they're spitting images of each other. And so the idea that he's Belos's nephew leaves the interpretation that Belos's brother is Hunter's father in the narrative, hmm. right? Obviously, that's not the case. Um, so I wonder if that's like the story in the castle.
0: In a manner of speaking, Caleb is his, uh, Caleb is his father.
1: Well, but he wouldn't keep naming them all Caleb until Hunter. Like, he has more generic names to go around. Like, he can't name them all Hunter. Uh, that would be very <laughs> funny, him. though. Uh, maybe that's why Darius doesn't refer to the predecessor as Hunter. It's just like a father naming his son after himself sort of situation.
0: So, I mean, were were you expecting such a resounding victory though in that Flyer Derby game? I, I like Flyer Derby. If they wanted to make a Flyer Derby spin off series, same as a Grudge spin off series. You get I, thumbs up from this guy.
2: I I agreed. Like, once Lou said what I was thinking, I just felt so relieved. Cause she was like, these outfits are awesome. <laughs> and it's true. The the just design of these kids and then like the way that they're so confident in this game. I will say that. It was a little silly to do the whole don't judge a book by its cover lesson twice in the episode. It was funny to watch Luz try to, you know, justify why she likes the book series. It's a baby rule that even babies know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was very cute. But then, okay, so we have to watch all these kids have some obvious thing for Hunter to notice and say, oh my gosh, these guys are losers. They're not going to be able to play. But then, oh, actually, that was all just a ruse. Each one of them has an excuse. That was way oversold. Like, only Vineys really made sense. And to a lesser extent, Scars, but Gus's... Gus, it got eh. weaker each round. And the thing is, Willow's like, not so pathetic now, are we? And I'm thinking, okay, but actually, Hunter just shouldn't call people pathetic. He didn't actually
1: correct him. Yeah, that was him. pretty rude of him.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, people are inherently pathetic, except for, like, maybe if they're horrible <laughs> people.
1: I think, like, Hunter was expecting them to, like, try and keep up appearances and, like, prove themselves and, like, stand up and salute like soldiers would. Because if, like, you're a commander and you're like, show me the promise of your new team, like, the team is already dressed up and ready to show off.
0: Yeah. Also, you have to remember, Hunter comes from a very authoritarian place run by people, run by the strongest witches in the land. And so these people are all like, oh, oh, yeah, you're either one of the strongest witches in the land Or you're a weakling. It's not we're strong. It's everyone else's weak.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah, Hunter's perspective makes sense. Willow didn't help him navigate out of understanding that, though. Yeah, she just showed him, actually, we're (laughs) awesome, too. Right. People could not, you know, be what they initially appear to be. So that's one good lesson to learn. The second one would be um, categorically don't apply the label pathetic to people just because they don't meet some
1: standard that you have. For behavior. <laughs> yeah, Hunter learning his social rules a little late.
0: Yeah, there are
1: places on Reddit he'd fit in.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I believe you. Uh, I love the face paint. Face paint is very good.
0: <sighs> How enthusiastic Luz was when, you know, Willow was selling her on the cob, and she's like, oh, I'm so excited to hear the next words to come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Always happy to be getting more Viney and Puddles, though. A better pairing I have never seen. Hunter accidentally steps on the puddles his tail and and then doesn't pick up his foot nope he's caught way too flat-footed so to speak I-, I love that he wears the little flapjack socks though very nice touch. yes
1: those are very cute I wonder where he goes to get them because he obviously can't make them himself yet
0: yeah he definitely didn't make them himself yeah, was not the credit sewing not yet I mean I'm certain there's all sorts of wares you can find in town
2: so, okay, I have a question. Speaking of wares that appear in the town, stuff washes up from the human realm to the demon realm, including these books. We're reminded of that for the millionth time again water in damage. this episode. So, mm-hmm. am I missing something? They're not exploring that there's just open connections and blurring between these worlds that doesn't occur with the door or basically with intentionally created portals. This seems like a big gap. That was an established fact very early in the first season,
0: but they never really go anywhere with it.
1: But the thing is, right, is that if it's drawing a parallel to our current society, we produce so much freaking garbage that, that the the blurring and the portals could be literally anywhere, right? Like the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, you want to grab your floaties and start sifting through that, see if it takes you to a magical world. <laughs> like, it might as well not exist, except to be a trash shoot.
2: I'm just saying, it it matters to these characters to get to the human realm at this point. Like, they, you know, she was just trying to make a portal. And they come up with, oh, what if I go back in time to get the thing I need? Before they come up with, hey, what if we figure out where that trash is coming from?
1: That is a very good question. Why didn't she go back in time to when Ida had the briefcase. Well,
0: she didn't get to choose where she went back in time to, but she did decide she wanted to meet Philip. That's what she wanted. But I don't see how her going back in time, because she would then just go back in time to before she left, and that is a whole mess. Then she just have to hide out and wait. <laughs> Miha, why do you look a year older? Can't change me, ma.
1: Or she could just go back to when the Titan was only recently dead and just grab Titan's blood from there.
0: Well, again, she didn't get to choose. Well, I guess she did get a to choose up. Oh, this is the era that interests me.
1: Yeah, they were in the hectatius period, so they could have run in, grabbed some Titan's blood. There was a lot of fool's blood around, but, like, it wouldn't be that hard to dig down.
0: I don't know. That that area looked dangerous.
1: I mean, no more than the rest of the Boiling Isles. All I'm saying is- true. I'd like to understand why these
2: realms are so connected and not just by forcefully created portals. Or portals created with Titans blood. I, I guess blood is just floating around, but clearly it takes a lot more effort to fashion these portals than just you know mere happenstance. So why is it a detail that you know things can just go between the worlds? Perhaps
0: there was a season where Luz tried to go home that way, but maybe they changed their minds when they realized they were getting cut off. We have to hurry up and tell a story. So maybe maybe we lost a story arc where Luz was hunting for a. A portal through a, a garbage hole
1: yeah maybe Luce did go to the pacific garbage patch <laughs> and started poking around
0: then she realized she wasn't a very good swimmer <laughs> humans aren't very good swimmers i hear
1: yeah i mean it would be easier in the demon realm to find where the trash is coming from than from the human realm where the trash is disappearing because there's just so much trash
2: <laughs> when you proposed it first i almost wondered you know, you go and, like, look for where the portal is, and then you finally do figure out where the trash is coming from, and you're actually in the middle of our actual Pacific Ocean. Now what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you made it to Earth. <laughs> Congratulations, you can now lose. drown
1: in the microplastics.
0: I'm sure she could bring a raft with her.
1: Yeah, she's got the raft. She's paddling to Hawaii. It'll be a minute. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I guess they. She Maybe the sulky comes with her. She just needs a Ooh. witch to fly. I mean, they can still fly.
2: She
0: could just come with Ida, and Albert and Ida could give her a ride.
1: That's true. That's true. Actually,
0: does she even need Ida? Because what are the limits on how far Ida can summon
1: Albert from? I mean, I think she has to, like, dismiss him in her presence, and he goes into, like, a pocket dimension that hovers around Ida. No,
0: no, in the second episode, she summons him from across the house. He comes flying like the Sword of Omens.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but, like, not from, like, the ether. Like, he physically moves in space to go to her.
0: And there would be a physical route he could follow. He wouldn't have to teleport.
1: I mean the Pacific Ocean is also very 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 big so they could potentially be flying for a good long time before they reach land.
2: <laughs> yeah like the speed is only 60 to 80 miles an hour tops on those brooms in the sky, right? No, they're not they're not going
0: 60 miles an hour. They're probably only going 20 maybe 30.
1: Yeah, have you ever stuck your head out of a car <laughs> Stuck your head out of a car That's going like 60 miles an hour <laughs> That's weird like, okay, In like show doing they
2: haven't shown it that fast If they're going
0: 30 miles an hour They're probably going like We have to get there now Is probably 30
1: <laughs> 30 miles an hour from the center of the Pacific To any coastline that's a, oh, this is a that's, long fly That's
0: probably only a few days Of flying full tilt Wind in your face
1: and like sitting upright, no sleep, <laughs> only the water you can catch in your mouth.
0: No, you're not sitting upright. You're you're definitely you're definitely uh, hunching over if you're going 30 miles an hour,
1: or like laying down on it, like a leopard sleeping on a branch.
2: I'll I'll accept this theory then that the reason that it's not even worth exploring where the trash comes from is 70% of the earth is covered in water anyway. It's going to be a long journey if they ever <laughs> even make it. So
1: why even bother? Well, the Boiling Isles might even be worse. It's just the- the only one skeleton is complete. The rest is like little bits and pieces. <laughs> yeah. No continents, it's an ocean planet.
0: Anyway, guys, that's it for us on Any Sport in a Storm. Join us next week. Until then,
1: I'm GC13. I'm Sorin. And I'm David. Leave us a comment or a review.
0: Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.